Man, Anchor FM, the Anchor hardest FM. way to podcast since 1965. All right. Welcome to One Full Spin. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And Trey made it. All right. Hey, can, morning, we, can, can we have monster trucks on our episode today? Why not? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Man. It's you fun know, for the whole family. Yeah, as we as we launch into the Sunday uh, brief version of One Full Spin, I got to tell you that doing it on the phone is kind of cool, as we're in three different states today. Yeah. But I'm really sad because I cannot use my Akai MPC app for our theme song. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. I'm we're going to have to superimpose that. that somehow. Yeah. And, Could you beatbox? And... You know what? I'm not touching the computer today. I'm on vacation. No, that doesn't. Beatboxing doesn't require a computer. Oh, beatbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bienvenidos. Uh, one full spin. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna open this I'm gonna open this bitch up with I'm I'm gonna plunge into some coffee talk. Um, you you guys will recall, and hopefully I, I I doubt that anybody who is seriously involved with coffee actually would listen to this podcast, but it's possible. But <laughs> you 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 will recall that. Um, my favorite local coffee shop is in Kirkwood, which is a neighborhood in Atlanta. It's called Tap Room. Well, the owner of Tap Room decided that – and Tap Room carries East Pole, which is an Atlanta roaster, um, and, for, and, and that's kind of like been their home roaster. And so I think the owner of Tap Room finally just decided, like, why don't I just get into – like, why don't I just get into both ends of the game? And he has opened a roastery – called Opo Coffee, O-P-O. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And you will recall that their very first offering, um, I panned pretty heavily, even to the point of sending a direct message to their Instagram account and oh, saying... Oh, this was that stuff. Yeah, this is that stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and, I, and I basically said, hey, man, pretty sure you over-roasted your very first batch. And you slapped twenty dollar price tag on the bag. And Wasn't it like dinosaur music, coffee, or something? <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know. It whatever it was. I forget what country the beans came from, but it was supposed to be a honey process. And I just I don't think that the process was followed correctly. And I think it was roasted too long. Um, and I'm overdue, however, because I bought another bag from them that is good. It was very good. Um, and it is a Guatemala and Sumatra blend um, that's a wash process. And it has ba- general tasting notes, citrus, molasses, and creamy. Um, hmm. I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what creamy means. But I say that to say that it is a delicious brew. I'm drinking it right now. And get this. They are opening a coffee shop. Um less than a mile or maybe maybe right at a mile from where i live hmm. um directly like just all i have to do is walk down the street and i will eventually run into this place where wait, uh, where is it i know that area i used to live so do you know do you know in downtown decatur the very end of church street that like runs into west howard which becomes west howard is basically the cab avenue yeah you know how you, there's been that restaurant that's changed hands a bunch of times on the left. You know, it's like you go past Twain's 
and you go until yeah, church, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That little house has been seafood yeah, place. Yes, like yes, it's yes, actually yes. been owned and operated by some celebrity chefs, yeah. and just the location sucks. Yeah. Well, so so then if you if you dead end into West Howard and make a right, it's kind of along there somewhere, kind of on that back end of where that walking path starts in Decatur. Uh, but anyway, they also recently posted a sneak preview of, I don't know if it was an artist rendering or if they've already had most of the interior work done, but this, the space looks very nice. It's definitely looks very inviting, very, very good design on a coffee shop. And again, we're talking walkable. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, tap room is technically walkable. It's just a little bit more involved than I want to get. Um, but anyway, shout out to Oppo coffee. I kind of dick bagged on your original roast. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the one that doesn't know that what I'm talking about, but um, you, you know, I, I do like your second offering and I'm looking forward to you joining the local Atlanta roasting scene and visiting your coffee shop. So there's my plug. I probably need to tell them that on social media since I was kind of a douche. Um, although, I did, be, yeah. Yeah, al- although I did it by, via pr- private message instead of like, just commenting on their public post. So at the very least, I didn't, you know, tr- trash them publicly. But yeah, I, I mean, once you make it, once you make a bigger statement and do something on uh, next door, so you can I also could... call out people for not wearing masks in the park and finding baby squirrels that they don't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's something I should do. Um, I'll but yeah, forget, anyway, I'll never forget living over there and some lady posted on the. Um, the neighborhood next door app. It was like, I just found this nest of baby squirrels. What do I do? I just wanted to be like, look, man, just walk away from the baby squirrels. Yeah, just leave totally. them. They're babies. Let nature deal. Yeah. Totally. There's yeah. probably so, coyote going to eat them or they're going to grow up and eat nuts. Like, leave them alone. <laughs> I've got a, uh, another interesting coffee thing for you guys. So, yeah. I had some PTs uh, a couple weeks back. In fact, right before I went to Atlanta. And they had like a dual process comparison pack that they were doing for like a guatemalan that was uh from a roast or a grower that they work with finca santa Ana, and they have like a sort of standard natural process that they do that's like a natural process that's then allowed to like dry over 28 days and that was like one of the two processed coffees that you got was this natural process which i've had before and it's fantastic um but then they had a new process of the same beans from the same grower that I had not heard of, which is rehydrated process, which I'm unfamiliar Ooh, with. Oh, I've started seeing that. I, I just that. saw that on their website like two weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this is a newer thing. <clears throat> I need to do some more research, but my like initial findings are that this is a newer process that's being tried that I think has to do with, you know, when you have limited staffing post COVID, for example, um, gives you the ability to do natural process on a larger quantity of beans and then take some of those beans all the way through the natural process and take some of the, and then the other beans are sort of started in a natural process and then given a prolonged period of submersion of water um, after the natural process kind of kicks off and then given more time after that to fully depulp and eventually dry. So I think it's a way of sort of stretching the green coffees life cycle a little bit longer so that if you don't quite have the staffing, to handle, you know, your whole, your, you know, your whole harvest, you can process it on a longer timeline, essentially. Um, Yeah. I, again, I might have that kind of wrong a little bit, but that was sort of my initial understanding from what I've read in a couple of spots, but it seems fascinating. And I, 
both of the coffees were really enjoyable. I tried to do them back to back a couple of times, both in, uh, you know, pour over Chemex and a, uh, on the Technovorm Mocha Master. And, you know, I don't know that it was immediately obvious to me that one, one or more was dramatically different than the other. Um, yeah. You know, I think the website for PT sort of alludes to the rehydrated process being a little softer. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes that comes across as like a less distinct flavors, like maybe yeah. more of like a blended flavor quality rather than like yeah. a distinct uh, sure. flavor quality, you know? But um, it was good. And I was excited to try a process I was unfamiliar with. Well, speak, and speaking of PTs, I just yesterday ordered some coffee from them. Um, they sent a promotional email for a winter blend oh. uh, that sounded delicious. And, um, you know, we had talked last week or two, maybe, I don't know if we did it on the episode or just sitting around drinking coffee about kind of maybe upping my blend game. Some, somehow in my mind, I have convinced myself that a blend is a, a, a lesser coffee than, than some single origin, you know, single bean, you know, I, I, and I don't know why that is. Well, I mean, I think that's just where you're, you naturally kind of go, like your, your mind shifts to, it's like the beans aren't good enough on their own. So, Hey, let's put them together and see what works. Where, but, where, I mean, that's not, I, that's not true. No, the yeah. reality is that somebody says, wow, let's, <laughs> let's blend the, the, the product of the soil quality in this region with, you know, this, this other one too. And let's, let's make some magic happen. Um, but I've got, I, mean, I think you I've, can also kind of allude to sort of a lot of the things you see in liquor with this, right? Like single malt whiskeys versus blended whiskeys, or even like right. different kinds of wine that do exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, we're taking wine from this area and this region and this terroir and wine, you know, grapes from this region and this terroir and combining them to make our house mm -hmm. or whatever that is. And like, yeah, the process might not be as like distinctly controlled for a specific region, but what you do end up oftentimes is like maybe like a more distinct uh, expression of what the person who is producing the product is trying to create for you. That is sure. ultimately probably more consistent too. Sure. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry. What were you? No, well, well, I mean, just, just, just generally speaking, um, I'm excited about receiving this winter blend from PT. And then I bought a four ounce sample of one, of one of those ridiculous expensive geishas yeah. um that, that it's like i don't remember what i paid for four ounces of beans but it's absurd yeah, <laughs> of course i was like yeah. i cannot i cannot i can't even commit to an eight ounce purchase on this or gram excuse me i keep saying ounce it's a, a four gram purchase uh and and same deal and i'm just like i'm like dudes <laughs> like i just i can't i mean and i know it's that i i do know it is that good it's just it's hard for me to uh to, to go that far down the, the rabbit hole. Um, no, it's definitely pricey for sure. I don't, you know, I don't make enough money to have that expensive taste. When we did our last episode, which was live and all together in Atlanta, we had um, that morning or maybe during the episode, we had some um, geisha, some Panamanian geisha that my friend Vanessa brought back from Panama when she was down there visiting her family. And we all agreed it was a little aged. Um, but I actually... Speaking of blends, the other day, um, Thursday morning, actually, blended some of that with that light roast Honduran. I don't know if you guys remember in that red bag that I had. Yeah. Um, and it was good. Awesome. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, mean, I mean, two really tasty, delightfully roasted beans together, man. It was, it was uh, really, really good. Well, awesome. that, that, that Panamanian was called 
was it Blue Mountain or Black Mountain? I think Probably Black, not Blue Mountain. Yeah. No, it's definitely yeah. not Blue Mountain. It's Black <laughs> Mountain or Black River. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was um, it was extremely earthy, and I and I don't remember if that was a product of the bean or the age or both. Um, but I can see I can see that blending with something else and 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 rounding out something that had maybe some more fruit to it mm-hmm. and, and being mm-hmm. a, a nice a nice combination. You know, kind of on that tip, I think you know, at least the fancy coffee tip. I. No, like a roaster I've been following, I think they're out of Minnesota called Dragonfly lately. I've been, they make some really nice, very delicate beans. But one of the things that they've been doing that's really neat is a lot of their fancy beans are from regions that are sort of different and interesting. So like they've been doing a lot of these like Taiwanese beans. Um, they've been doing some interesting like small lot stuff from Southeast Asia. Um, but they just got like a batch of, they announced via email of like, um, you know, high rated Kona, like extra fancy Kona. And, you know, I know we've talked about Kona a few times over the past, but like mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'm like, well, yeah, I'll go back to that, that um, fountain just to see what it's like. And so I've kind of been debating whether or not I want to try this again, because it's been a little bit. And the last go round that I got was pretty disappointing. Um, but obviously the cost is kind of stupid sometimes with Kona. This is not for what Kona is. This is not crazy. I think it's like $55 for, you know, eight ounce bag maybe or six ounce bag, but um curious what what you guys have done on the Kona front of late and how how much success you have or haven't had I haven't at all um and I I think it it kind of speaks to a conversation we had about French roast coffees where there are just some people who associate coffee with just dark and earthy Mm -hmm. and 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 maybe a Super bitter, and, yeah, 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 and 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 that's just their idea of coffee, or just or alternately, it's 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 uh, pleasing to their palate. I am not one of those people, but I find that maybe I shouldn't just discount them because um, there's plenty of people out there that that's what they like. Sure, sure. I mean the Kona, you know, Brian. I want to say you and I had some Kona once together. Uh-huh. That was like literally some of the greatest coffee I've ever tried in my life. Um, no, I brought was... that back for actually brought that back from Hawaii. Yeah, and that when that I, been when the I case. was there with my family um, in yeah. 2018, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. it was that, that, that timeline's about right. And yeah. I, I remember thinking at that time, like, oh, this is what the fuss is about. It's just this like unbelievably rich, unbelievably flavorful coffee that's incredibly smooth, right? But every, I would say the overwhelming percentages of times that I've had it before and since has been a little like man. It's just always a little more roasted than it should be. It's rich, but it's not exactly flavorful. Like, it's just a weird kind of um, disappointing experience, ultimately. And, yeah. I mean, you know. I, I completely agree. And, and Charles, you, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, too. It's almost like um, m- most I'll, – I'll say that most Konas that I've had are almost like caricatures of, of themselves. It's like hmm. somebody's like, okay, I got this Kona bean. I got to make it Kona. You know, it's yeah. almost like, you know, people who enjoy IPA beers. It's just, mm. it, it's almost like, man, we're just going to double down and squeeze 80 pine cones into this one bottle. Yeah. 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 I have yeah. had some incredible Konas. And actually, the um, uh, indicator that the Cab Farmers Market has a really good Kona. It's, mm. it's, it's even, it's balanced. And if you want that robusty, earthy yum yums, it's got it. But like, I just, yeah, I just feel, I don't, I don't know. I just, 
I kind of feel that way about Blue Mountain too. It's the exact opposite kind of thing, but I don't know. The, the ones that call themselves Blue Mountain, whether they truly are or not, it's like, we're going to be Blue Mountain to the bluest mountain. Yeah. And it's just like, stop it. Just, I think Blue just, Mountain yeah. is the one I know the least about. Like, I think I had Blue Mountain one time, and I think it was very early in my coffee drinking days. Uh-huh. In fact, it might have actually been, Brian, I think you sent me some pre-ground Blue Mountain at some point. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think that's exactly when I tried it for the first time, and maybe the only time. So I've definitely wanted to try it again, but I think just like with Kona, it's like, are you really buying Kona? Is it even a quality? Like, what are you, what are you actually spending your money on? And is it a real expression of what you know, Blue Mountain could be. So I, I would love to try it for real, but again, figuring out where the for real comes from is the, the, the hardest part, I think. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Blue Mountain is, I mean, for me, it's, it's super low acidity mm-hmm. and it's just extremely rich, but no, like no acidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so good. But yeah, there's, I don't know, like the ins and outs of, you know, it's almost like champagne, like to be called champagne, it's got to be from Champagne, France. I think I've mentioned that and used that analogy a few times in this in this show. But, you know, the whole Blue Mountain coffee bean and, and availability is, I don't know, it, it seems a little um, what? dodgy and weird. I, I think like sometimes when you buy Blue Mountain coffee, it'll be like, you know. Doesn't it like have some, to be from Jamaica? It's supposed yeah. to be isn't, from isn't Blue Mountain deal? from the blue mountains in Jamaica and it's a extremely small area. You know what I mean? And like, but I think yeah. what happens is, is like um, when you buy it, you know, whoever, you know, let's say you, you buy a bag of like Sanka, right. And, it, and it'll be like blue mountain coffee. You actually have to look at the bag, but it probably says blue mountain coffee and it's all one word and it's trademarked because it's not real right. blue mountain coffee. that's calling yeah. it that, yeah. you know? So, Yeah. Well, and we may have talked about this too, but I think like I've always been led to believe that like the overwhelming predominance of legit Blue Mountain coffee goes to Japan. And yeah. so you can't even really get the bulk of Blue Mountain coffee anywhere else because so much of it exports there anyway. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I met and spoke with the um, former owner of Stoss Coffee up in Columbus, Ohio. A few, And this has been a few years ago, maybe five years ago six years ago but i we we were just talking about coffee 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 and i told him that again the decap farmers market carried blue mountain coffee and he said i would be interested to know exactly what that is i guarantee you it's not solely blue mountain coffee because i import 90 percent of what comes into the states wow um he's like the rest goes everywhere else but like it's such an extremely small amount of that stuff that comes into the states and he's like I import most of it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder so, how he got to that point. Like if he just developed relationships directly with these farms or. Yeah. He's kind of like the godfather of, you know, um, American drink, American drinkers of like micro lot and single origin coffee and stuff. I didn't oh, even know that till I talked to him. I was kind of blown away by his knowledge and his enthusiasm of coffee. And then I read about him. And I was like, holy crap. This dude's dude is like the dude. Yeah. You know? He's the, awesome. uh, he's the, um, the Rolling Stones of the Rolling Stones. I mean, like this guy was, yeah. That's awesome. Mm. So, what are y'all drinking today? Oh man, I'm having some really horrible coffee today. I am, uh, I am wedged. I'm in a hotel uh, in Fort Lauderdale, wedged between the airport and the port authority, and it is a uh, a barren. Ether, uh, not ether, um, hinterland 
of, of coffee. It's all. It's like I think if I look outside my window, there's like nine McDonald's and a. Um, oh, there's some kind of gas station over there, but I've been drinking the hotel coffee, and it just says Arabica beans. Sure, it's, at least it's that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or is it? It's probably Arabica yeah. beans trademark. Exactly. <laughs> it's really robusto, but it's there trademarked. Yeah, it's bold or light. Which one? Yeah, you get, exactly. You get neither. We got the Trey, bold beans you, today. Trey, what do you got? Uh, so my my homies at Coffee Science just did a rebrand on all of their packaging. So I was over there yesterday picking up a king cake because we're in Mardi Gras season down here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they hey, did. if I if I Venmo you some money, are there aren't there places that that ship king cakes? By the way, oh for like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I may, give me a give me a rec off air because uh, I need to. Um, I need I need to get into the spirit this year, but anyway, uh, I would so, be happy to. Uh, we actually had a king cake party for some friends of mine last night. It was a birthday party uh, for oh, cool. um, these two dudes that are married. They're old buddies, and um, they wanted to keep it low key. But they were like, "Well, let's. We got to have a something for y'all." I mean, been COVID and haven't been able to like yeah. hang out proper. And I'm like, "Man, let's do like a king cake party." So we had five king cakes. Ooh, um, wow, it was kind of amazing. Um, you know the 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 bane of my existence is that I am both an alcohol fiend and a, I have a rabid sweet tooth. Um, they usually come all, together actually. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's like all the sugar. So like I, you know, if, if left to my own devices, I'd probably be 280 pounds um, <laughs> and, and just drink every day and eat some kind. I just, I, I, I have the sweetest of sweet teeth. Uh, so d- definitely, definitely could get into a king cake, but, uh, let's go back to coffee science. So uh, they sorry, rebranded yeah. their stuff. No, I, so they I derailed their that stuff. shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Say it one more time. I said, I derailed that shit. <laughs> so good. I'm happy to talk about king cakes cause it's the season, but we can also yeah. talk about, about coffee science. So coffee science rebranded. Um, they have some really great packaging, but their bag, they went with a weird bag that I haven't seen before, which is like, rather than being, you know, your standard, you know, coffee bag that we all see for beans where it's, you know. Uh, the sort of lock and ziplock thing that on the top and the um, air gasket on it. Instead of mm-hmm. it being the taller size, they've went wide. So oh. it's like double width of a normal bag oh, and about cool. half the height, which looks great, stands up great on most any um, you know shelf, but is a bitch to pour because you've got yeah. a wider mouth. Yeah. And um, that was the only real issue, but the packaging that they came up with a new design is really beautiful. Lots of cool um, graf- uh, graphics on it. And um, yeah, they've always done a really fantastic Ethiopian. So that's kind of my default for them when I'm in, in need of beans. And uh, I was really stoked for that, but they also do a fantastic Javanese coffee that I'm a big fan of. That's, you know, everything you expect from Southeast Asian coffee, super earthy. Trey, do you really, rich. do you really think so? Think what? That the Japanese coffee is good. Do you really think Java, so? Javanese? Oh, I thought you said Japanese, and yeah. I was making a turning Japanese joke. Oh, good lord! <laughs> turning Japanese, I really think so. Oh, good lord! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do love Japanese coffee. Not all the time. I certainly couldn't drink it all the time, but it's a nice, it's a nice change of pace. With that question, cool, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mentioned at the top of the hour, I'm drinking that Opo coffee, Guatemalan and Sumatran blend i find it to be lovely um it definitely i think the citrus definitely wins out on the on the tasting note and it's it's kind of a generic citrus like i think it might lean toward orange but um 
I like it regardless, whatever it is. Oh, awesome. And yeah. uh, up, uh, um, the, the last two Friday morning, um, I got really good sleep Thursday night and I, I didn't have a particularly hectic work day scheduled, but for some reason I just thought to myself, it's Friday, make some rocket fuel. So I just upped my, uh, my, my grams per, per pot. And, um, <laughs> yes, I was, I was, I was talking, I was talking like right about 11 o'clock. I was just like typing my ass off and just super chipper. And I was, so I was talking to my, my, my people on, on Microsoft teams and I was like, dudes, I made some rocket fuel this morning and your boy is absolutely flying right now. <laughs> and I, yeah, so I kind of tried to do that this morning again, but that's because I'm hungover for the first time in a while. Um, and it's not quite having the same effect, but it's probably at least reducing the length of this hangover, hopefully. Um, because I'm now remembering why I hate hangovers so much because they're terrible. And one day I will learn to drink in moderation, but today is not that day or last night was not that night. So, <laughs> uh, so it is what it is. So interestingly, I saw a study um, a couple of weeks back that was talking about or taking a look at all of the research studies about cures for hangovers um, and just trying to compare them all to see like, is there any like legit legitimacy to you know hair of the dog or tomato juice or you know greasy food and like the only thing that this me olympic meta study could really confirm is that none of the studies that have been done have any amount of scientific rigor to them yeah sure. so it's like <laughs> impossible to really know like whether or not it works and that the general takeaway from that is that in reality we just don't know much about why hangovers happen yeah um there are there are there are tons of products on the market currently, though, and, and, and I mean, like in the last two years, they have seemingly like tenfold exploded. Um, one of which that I've used that I do I do think does work is called Cheers, mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the they try to they they try to get really flowery with you know their description of why their proprietary formula works. But at base, what it is, is a black tea extract um, hmm. that doesn't seem, it's not caffeinated, um, but there's something about this particular black tea that is, that, that seems to um, really, really, really support your liver's processing of alcohol, um, sure. which is, which is really just all that, it's really all we're trying to do here is just speed up that process. Um, and, uh, it's the kind of stuff where you take, there are these, you know, big horse capsule capsules and you like the, the, the bottle says take two to four. I have, I have of course found that four seems to have the most effect. Um, but you take them like as you're going to bed basically. And, um, their big claim is that their, this stuff reduces the hangover anxiety that, that, that a lot of people feel, um, hangover anxiety. Yeah, like have you have you ever that uh, it's it's you know that it there is people I think people who are already prone to to bouts of anxiety there's something about the state of hangover that really just like um, magnifies it and sure. um, you know and it's also it's also doubled with what did I do last night sure um, or or like 
oh, I have all of this stuff to do today and I feel terrible. And it's just, and you, and you just, in your mind, you just, you know, you just ramp up like, oh God, what did I, why, and why, uh, uh, and you know, when in reality, just like, just chill out and drink some water and, you know, just, just start plugging away. Drink water in the way that you drank tequila last night. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Um, So that's, that's kind of the deal, but, uh, Interesting. Yeah, you know, um, I I find that I I find that I definitely suffer from the same, and, and I I have increasingly found, and this is a, a subject we could spend a, a full entire episode on. Um, I I kind of late in life have realized, and I've just kind of done a little bit of taking stock and considering how I react to certain situations, and I I think that I have my entire life um, battled anxiety in a way that I just never realized, and. Hmm. Um, you know, I, um, am a classic procrastinator, um, which, which I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing lots of reading about various things, you know, how, you know, not self-help stuff, but you, you know, you get the idea. Um, and I read a really great article about how procrastination was the literal embodiment of anxiety because, you're, you're putting off something because it's, it's a daunting task. You know, just yeah. the idea, the idea of, of, of completing this task, it, you know, is it, 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 in its, in its whole is, is daunting. But in, in reality, if you just employ the, you know, one foot in front, in front of the other approach, it's like, well, just do the first thing and then see where you are after that. Okay. And then do the next thing. All right. Okay. And then do the next, you know, whereas in, you know, that's, um, that's, you know, people I think who are more project oriented and, and don't procrastinate, just really kind of take that approach of like, look, it's not, you know, yes, this task as a whole is large, but it's really just made up of much smaller subtasks that I just need to kind of just start, just start at the beginning, just start with the first one and then, and then, and then do the next one. So yeah, that's, that's something that I've kind of come to grips with and tried to really get my mind around. So over um, the course of your life, have you ever found that procrastination is more or less common? Like, do you feel like there have been periods in your life where you have it occurring less often or you find work to come more easily um, than it does at other times in your life? Um, that's a great question, Trey. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't answer it. Um, it's probably because I'm hungover and not thinking very well, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think maybe that, you know, I think there are, I, I, I think, you know, anxiety goes, you know, part and parcel with, gen, uh, you know, a general sense of, you know, of confidence or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that there are times when the natural ebb and flow of, of my life, there, the times when for, for whatever reason, let's just say a couple of, a couple of things that, that may be unrelated are all going the way that I want them to go. And um, I'm just feeling like, yeah, like things are great and I'm confident. Yeah, I, I think those times are the times where I, you know, when I, when I, I sort of take stock and go, Hey, just, you know, this, whatever, whatever this big thing is, it's really not that big of a thing. It's just, mm-hmm. just, just, you know, just start, just get, you know, and I think, so I think, um, I think, you know, times when, for whatever reason, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling most confident and, and that also could be because, you know, I just, something that I just said, which is um, things are going the way that I want them to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I am, and this is another thing I'm, I'm very guilty of is, is having an expected outcome and sort of being maniacal about wanting it to be, instead of just kind of letting things happen and maybe there's an outcome that's just as good as the one that I thought was the one that I wanted. Um, but it wasn't apparent to me right at that moment. So I think not having such, such rigid expectations of how things are supposed to go or how they should go, uh, I think lends itself to that, that, that confidence is like, you know what, whatever happens is going to happen and I'm going to react to it. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I do and I'm, and everything's going to be fine. I think that's a, an interesting point. I mean, I, I think, I, I know I definitely suffer from an overly rigid sense of the way things, what my, what my expectations are about a scenario and then mm-hmm. have a really hard time pivoting um, yeah. when it doesn't work out that way. I don't know that I ever find, um, or I don't, I don't know that I've ever connected um, anxiety to um, that rigidity. I mean, I think for me, um, and part of the reason why I asked the, the, the question I asked is that, you know, I, I've always found that, like, I get a few phases where work flows very easily and it doesn't feel like work and there's, like, an efficiency to it all that's really great. And, like, I don't even think twice about it, right? It just comes out and I can stay ahead. And then I feel like there are other times where it's, like, even the simplest work task seems like a laborious and daunting yeah. um, situation, right? And so then you're sort of fighting yourself to just, like, get the ball rolling. And I will say in those scenarios, usually once the ball is rolling, it's a lot easier but I also, you know, like uh, probably like a lot of people, but certainly as a business owner, and I'm sure Brian can um, sympathize with this, like you end up in a scenario where you don't get to dictate what you work on all the time because there's so many different things that need your attention. And, you know, your phone is ringing or you're getting emails or text messages or someone needs to ask you a question or whatever. And so the next thing you know, um, the difficulty that you had just getting started is now being, you know, sabotaged by the constant um, distractions. So... I think a lot, I say that to say, like, I've always been sort of fascinated by the areas in which procrastination becomes easier or harder to deal with in my life. And I've never really been able to find like a, um, a logic to it in any capacity. Um, but now, you know, you're talking about connecting it to rigidity and, and you know, the anxiety relative yeah. to that. Now I kind of want to think about it on those terms a little bit and sort of well, really dig deep. And there was a time I, I remember in college, I used to sort of j- joke that I need, I, I needed to procrastinate because I did, I did my best work like under the gun of like, sure. you wait yeah. until the last minute and it's gotta be done. But, but if you really think about that, um, all that is, is when you get to that point um, and it's gotta be done and, and, and it's the last minute, what that forces you to do is just start just start and and again that kind of brings me back to if if you can get to that well just start place for like earlier in in the timeline then then you won't you know you you won't have the whole thing won't seem so daunting and you won't wait to the last minute you know totally well and and the reality is is that even you know yes it may have gotten you to start but you're not going to do your best work right because you're working both in a panicked state you also probably are having to cut corners because you just don't have the time to complete the assignment the way that you probably should. Um, and that, 
I think fundamentally that is sort of at the root of <clears throat> why project oriented people end up successful in a lot of scenarios is that they really are doing future them a, a service by getting these little things done along the way. So that yeah. when time comes to turn into that project, they've already done all the little things to weave through you know, the bullshit and, and create and, like depth to it, you know? And, yeah. And, and may even have time for revision and, exactly. and yeah. you know, and, and improvement where, yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a nice little, that's a, that's a nice little tangent. Um, I don't know how we got <laughs> there, but, um, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm always happy to discuss that, that type of stuff. That, made, that, made, that made me really anxious. <laughs> well, that, that that and the amount of caffeine that I just consumed um, both also made me very anxious. Dude, I just realized I'm about finished with this pot, and I'm the only one that's drank out of it. <laughs> that makes me anxious. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. Well, what what, what do we think? Do we do do we feel like that's a um, a, a, does, does that seem like a natural landing spot for this episode or? Anybody we got anything could. else that's on the burner? Uh, I can tell you that I had a really great time uh, performing my maintenance activities on my stereo today. I got to replace my uh, damaged and destroyed turntable cartridge and uh, get that bad boy working up again, which was great. Um, we, okay. that, we, we should also probably, because we're coming to this at the end, um, Akers just obviously had a very unique experience um, uh, as part of his sort of professional career and personal life um which is sort of a a, a guest lecture kind of thing are you talking yeah. about um, that insanely spicy ramen that i had yesterday morning for <laughs> breakfast um i don't know about all that but um let's just say that acres was hanging out with college kids and yeah yeah was... i actually spoke briefly i just spoke uh i spoke about what i do as my career in the music industry to uh a class of students um, in the in the uh, at at the uh, University of Maryland School of Music. So, what was uh, what were some surprises for you in, in talking to some of these kids? <clears throat> to be honest, I was very happy, but also sh- uh, surprised by how engaged they were mm. uh, in talking to me about you know work behind the scenes at a live event. Um, I mean, I got so many good questions. I mean, things from how do you handle customers and, you know, do you make them pay on time to, <laughs> um, you know, normally when you talk about being around musicians, the first thing people ask is, wow, you get to hang out with celebrities, one. Yeah. And then yeah. who is the nicest and who's the worst celebrity? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those yeah. questions were not even asked once. That's awesome. Wow. I mean, like one person wow. even asked me about working in and out of like places where the un- union workforce is used and how does that wow, work in tangent wow. with like contractors versus employees i'm like man you know um it was it was really great i had a really great time and it was very fulfilling that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's super rad that's super, yeah. super rad and it was so cold and i saw snow it was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah that's it great was, that's yeah, really, I had a great. really good time I, I um, have, I've had the luck to lecture twice in the same class at um, Loyola. There, so there, there's a music business school at Loyola University here in New Orleans, right? And they do uh, or have done a class. I think they've stopped since teaching it, but it's basically a festival production class. So this class 
front to back essentially produces a festival on paper with the teacher and the teacher brings in every week a lecturer on a certain topic. So like they'll bring in like a booking agent, they'll bring in um, tent person, they'll bring in a labor coordinator, they'll bring in like a, you know, artist hospo person, merch person, all that stuff. And so I, Alex Grant used to teach this class, Brian, just uh -huh. and that's sort of when I got to do it, it was twice. And it was really fascinating talking to, to kids because they did ask some really great questions, but in the context of like festival production, like it's really funny. Cause like, as you and I know, it's a young person's game and this is exactly where these kids are going to end up yeah. um, doing work, you know, when they're trying to transition out of college and into a professional career. And I, it was really, it was really enjoyable to sort of get a sense of like how these kids looked at it. Cause you know, I don't think we ever really contemplate like what a college educated person trying to enter into the production world um, with a, de with a degree in, in that course of study really looks like what, what that world is. It just seems like such a new idea, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating to me to see that kind of play out over time. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, like I said, fulfilling and inspiring. You know, it's kind of like, all right. Um, well, not only that, you might be hiring some of these kids in a year or two. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. totally. Hey, hit, oh. if, you, if you move to Atlanta, hit me up. Or actually, with with your uh, your gig, it doesn't. You don't. It, living in Atlanta is not necessarily a requirement, especially this if they're true. just gonna. Um, you know, especially if they're just going to do um, like boat work or, yeah. um, you know, fly in, the... fly out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I tell you, you know, what, you know, one I, thing I need I, to get better at is when, cause we, you know, and trade is the same thing. Um, and, and more and more as, you know, live music comes back to some kind of normality and everything. We, we do use contractors and stuff from out of state and fly them in, whatever. I need to get better about them to uh bring me coffee from where they're from yes <laughs> I, mean, <seriously. laughs> I gotta tell you i was really curious to know where this, this, this thought was gonna go and that was not at all what i thought it was gonna um, go. <laughs> I, yeah I, I i didn't either um which is kind of funny that like you would sort of put a writer on your on your contract help like a, a, a condition of your temporary employment is bringing me coffee. Yeah, not, I mean, it's kind not, of like not, um, not, not the, the job sense. interview requires you to bring me some local coffee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's a great way to get to know somebody, man. It really is. You know, and it's like, do they care? Have they thought about this? Do they even like coffee? What do they know right. about like, coffee? Like, like, like if, you get, if you get a bag of Starbucks beans from their, from their local Starbucks down the street, you're yeah. probably, it's probably a one and done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think easy. one of the best things I've ever seen on the coffee front on a gig as uh you know Brian what was the name of the coffee unit used to the the, the pelican that used to bring around oh yeah the, oh yeah it's downstairs at my house it's the I call it the coffee pro one million okay so <laughs> this guy that that uh, does some work with True South and with Soundcheck in Austin his name is Jeff Bach great dude great drummer um great tech he when we were doing day for night in Houston in 2017, he actually lives in, or at the time was living in Houston. And uh, he, on his stage, he beforehand asked me if I could bring a, like a four foot table for him to use for his tech world. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, no big deal. And he showed up with a milk crate full of coffee making equipment. And so it was like, you know, a hot plate um, or like that, you know, electric kettle and a French, French um, French press and a grinder 
and then like a little cooler and i was like oh wow what are you what are you doing he's like oh man i'm super into bulletproof coffee right now and i was like really and so he had like mct coconut oil and like you know grass-fed butter in the cooler and would literally all day would just be making bulletproof coffee and just like drinking small quantities of bulletproof coffee throughout the day it was absolutely hilarious and what what a what a better way to go what what a better way to go about it than just like um taking key bumps of cocaine all day oh totally well and that was sort of the trippy part right is like his stage (laughs) on that on that festival was like full of these like older but like super duper legacy like arts people not necessarily just like like laurie anderson and daniel lanois and like people with like really long careers and they were like overjoyed at this because obviously they probably came up in the eighties when like cocaine was all over the place and like, <laughs> you know, bulletproof coffee is like the next, you know, the best thing you could do. That's not cocaine. That's going to give you right. like long-term energy. Right. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was a trip, man. Everybody, he was making them for everybody, the fucking stage manager, the audio team, the lighting guy, the video guy, like everyone was getting bulletproof coffee. It was fucking awesome. Everybody's just walking around happy and jacked. Totally, yeah, totally. Not eating <laughs> solid food for eighteen hours. You know, it's funny. It's funny too being on stage because the different departments that interact with each other that day, it'll start that morning and it ends that night, and the next day is totally different people. So you've got to be able to, you know, you're basically wearing like a mental secret decoder ring every day on site because you're, you know, you got to receive information really quick. Some of it may or may not make sense, and then you got to adjust and do it. But then you add a, an event where the morning where everybody's jacked to the moon on coffee. Yeah, totally. And everybody's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're like, what is it? What? I don't know what to do right now. Why are you talking so fast? My head is spinning and so is his. I, I, I can't. I just can't. That's funny. Fantastic. Oh, man. Good well, guys, stuff. I think we're good if y'all want to call it. I'm, I'm good. No, I, yeah, I'm an, I'm an, I, I need to wash myself and um... – and go about the rest of my day. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I'm we're gonna we're about place. to um, zip up our suitcases and go get on a cruise ship during a pandemic. Crazy person. Good. Hey, Crazy yeah. person. Yeah. Do what you got to do. I know, man. All right. Well, smooth sailing, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. All right, amigos. Go All right. <laughs>